this morning we're going to focus on verses 2 and 3 of John chapter 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. Just to recap from last week. Last week we were looking at comfort. The Lord Jesus Christ was preparing his downcast disciples for his imminent departure with those words in verse 1 of chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Do you remember that? And just as people believe in God, uh, some of them, uh, they will say that, that they'll say in their heart that there's no God, but um, the Bible says that they are fools. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament has that word for them. They are fools. Because people know that there's a God. God has made himself known through what he has created. We see him, the invisible God, through his creation. And the Christian can believe and follow the Lord Jesus Christ and see him. Although he's not here anymore, we can see him um, and we can believe in him just as we believe in God the Father, the invisible God. We can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through the eye of faith, by the enabling Holy Spirit, the comforter who abides in all born again Christians and who focuses our thoughts our meditations upon Jesus. Today we're looking at verses 2 and 3 concerning those mansions that are in God's house. Verses 2 and 3 again. Let's have a look at them. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The Father's house is heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ has gone to prepare places for all who believe in him for the forgiveness of their sins. All who have received him as their Lord and Saviour, he has gone to prepare places for them in his father's house in heaven but those places in heaven are not just any old places they are mansions i know that the word mansions is not to be found in all of the bible translations it certainly is found in the king james and i think it's very appropriate that it is found uh, that that word is seen In verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. Mansions convey the idea of permanence, don't they? You've got the, the, the house where you huff and you puff and you blow it down. You can't do that with a mansion though, can you? Mansions are solid and are made to last. You can be sure, dear Christian, that Jesus has gone to prepare a permanent place for you in his Father's house in heaven. What can we understand about what it will be like in in his Father's house in heaven? According to Revelation chapter 21 and verses 3 and 4, God will be with men. 
and he will dwell with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Sounds good, doesn't it? I think uh, every reasonable person, every sane person would want that. Whether you claim to believe in God or not, that sounds good, doesn't it? No more crying, no more sorrows, no more pain. Heaven is a reality. When the Lord Jesus Christ and two thieves were crucified, the Lord made a promise to the penitent thief. And he said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What lovely words, eh? Music to the ears of that dying thief. Today you shall be with me in paradise. The promise of heaven was not just intended for one thief who repented of his sin, but for all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that he laid down his life on that cross, that centre cross, and that he shed his blood as the sacrifice for their sins. Do you have that promise of paradise? Has the Lord Jesus Christ gone to prepare a place for you in his Father's house? A mansion, a place of permanence for you. I see someone nodding yes. What a wonderful truth this is. A reality to be believed that Jesus has gone to prepare mansions for his people. In the first instance, those downcast apostles, miserable apostles, they couldn't get their heads around it that Jesus would soon be leaving them. But this is a wonderful promise, not just to them who are now in those mansions, but to us here, at least those of us who are trusting in Jesus. Heaven is about being with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's what I really like about those verses, where we read, Where I am, there ye may be also. Sounds good, doesn't it? The more you read the Bible, the more you get to know the various saints in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there are many whom I would love to meet up with in heaven. I'll tell you one that I've always wanted to meet up with, one that I've had a fascination for ever since um, I I was a a fairly new Christian. I used to talk about him with my colleagues uh, in the staff room at the school I worked at in India. A man by the name of Ebed Melek. (laughs) Have you heard of him? He's not one of the apostles, that's for sure. Ebed Melek. You find him in the book of Jeremiah. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a servant in the royal palace of King Zedekiah of Judah. And that would have been about 560 years 
before Jesus came into the world, Ebed Melech. The Jews were very, very good at ill-treating the prophets, killing their prophets, men that were sent by God to them. They were excellent at um, ill-treating them. And when King Zedekiah of Judah allowed his officials to throw the prophet Jeremiah into a dungeon, the lowly servant, Ebed-Melech, he was a nobody really, he was just a servant in the household, the royal household, he pleaded with the king and the king gave him permission to take 30 men to release Jeremiah. That took some courage for the servant to go up to the king and plead with him to release Jeremiah from the pit. His faith in God gave him the boldness to confront that king. I tell you, I would love some of that boldness. I've always admired Ebed-Melech for his God-given boldness. And that would be my prayer, that I would have the same boldness before men that Ebed-Melech had. So, yeah, I'd love to meet him in heaven, sure. I Also, I might be interested to see if Adam and Eve occupy heavenly mansions. The old, age-old question, are they in heaven or not? Adam and Eve. Even though sin and death came into the world by Adam's disobedience and sin, I can't help wondering if the abundant mercy and grace of Almighty God reached Adam and Eve that they are now in heaven. And here is my reasoning for this, not just my reasoning, uh, the reasoning of others as well, of course. Having sinned against God, Adam and Eve became aware of their sinfulness and so they sowed fig leaves on them uh, and uh, put these fig leaves on themselves to cover themselves. We read that in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. They then tried to hide from God. Can you imagine that, trying to hide from God? No one can hide from God. A lot of people, not just Adam and Eve, but a lot of people do try to hide from God and they spend their life thinking that they can hide from God. They can't. And everything is laid bare before God. The sins of Adam and Eve, your sins, all is laid bare before God. Adam and Eve's sins were laid bare before God and God made them coverings of skin. Took away the fig leaves and gave them coverings of skin, which would presumably mean that an animal had been killed. Sacrificed, if you like. It just seems possible to me that the fig leaf coverings made by Adam and Eve refer to a failed attempt by them to cover their sin and then after that God's provision of skin coverings being signifying the death of an animal meant atonement for them. Without the shedding of blood there is no atonement for the soul. And maybe that prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world. This in turn points our attention to the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross. Although I don't know, I do wonder if our first parents are now in heaven as sinners saved by the grace of God. Maybe 
I'll find out someday. As I say, I probably want to find out first about Ebed Melech. Christians often wonder if they will be reunited with Christian family. I've heard this from time to time. The great reunions in heaven that are going to take place. Listen, I'm no expert on these things. But um, I do think about this and like everyone else. The family reunions in heaven. I just think to myself, well, okay, you die as a Christian. Mum was a Christian. Mum's mum was a Christian. Your great, great grand, all your, going through the generations, let's pretend for a moment that all, they were all Christians. That is going to be one big reunion in heaven, isn't it? And one big extended family where you've got your mum, your grandmum, your great grandmum, your great great grandmum, and so it goes on and on because they were all godly ladies. And of course you're going to meet up with them when you occupy your heavenly mansion. Not convinced of that one somehow. Or what about the person who has been married and widowed and got married again and widowed and married again and widowed? Who are they going to be reunited with in heaven? All of them? Doesn't really add up, does it? And quite honestly, they are earthly thoughts. They really are earthly thoughts. And we need to think above those things. And we need to look at verses like John chapter 14 and verse 3. Let's have a look at it again. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Ebed-Melech and Adam and Eve and your mum and your auntie and uncle and your wife and all the rest of them. It doesn't say that, does it? I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. How wonderful that is. That is the great hope of all those who are trusting in Jesus, that they will behold his face. They will see him as he is, behold his glory. It should melt you just thinking about these things. I'm pretty much having to hold on to the pulpit now. Just thinking about that, being with Jesus, how wonderful that will be. A wonderful saviour is Jesus, my Lord. I want to be with him. Ultimately, heaven is about being with Jesus. This is the great hope, or it should be the great hope of every Christian. No matter how much you love somebody in this world. And if you don't want to be with Jesus, then I don't think you're Christian enough. I've twisted that a little bit. The other day, I read something by Luther. He said, if, you, if, if you're scared of dying, you're not Christian enough. Well, I've twisted it, changed it a little bit to say, if you don't want to be with Jesus in heaven, you're not Christian enough. There are so many Bible verses that capture that great hope and uh, I, you can turn with me or not. I've got them all. Um, I'm going to turn to various Bible verses. Just listen if you don't turn to them. My first one is Psalm 27 verse 4. A Psalm of David. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now you can think of the temple in Jerusalem most certainly, but it must go beyond that to the heavenly temple and to beholding Jesus in his father's house. Philippians chapter 1 in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 1 and verses 21 through to 24. The Apostle Paul speaking, and he said, for me, sorry, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labour. Yet what shall I choose? I what not, I know not. For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. The Apostle Paul again. Paul was a man who wanted to be with Jesus. There's no doubt about that. Listen to this now. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. (laughs) To be present with the Lord. That's what he said. And again, the thief on the cross turning to Jesus in his dying moments, Lord, remember me when you come unto your kingdom. And Jesus said, verily, I say unto you, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me. What a promise from the Saviour. How wonderful. Heaven is for now. Heaven is for now. In a very real sense, as well as thinking of the Father's house as being heaven, you can think of the Father's house as being the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Which brings us into the here and now. If you think of heaven as being Jesus, or the Father's house as being Jesus, that applies to us right now. Here on earth we think of God's house as being, what, a church or a temple. We've come to the house of God this morning to worship God. Going back in time to the exodus of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt about 1500 years before Christ, when they were delivered by God from slavery in Egypt, they moved around the wilderness for many years and they had a mobile temple, a tabernacle, I don't want to go into it all now, but um, suffice to say that all the furnishings of the temple, uh, the tabernacle rather, that mobile temple, they all pointed to Jesus. I can very easily give you uh, examples. I'll give you just one or two examples of it. The 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 um, holy place in the tabernacle. Inside it was pure gold which speaks of the divinity of Christ. And on the outside of it, um, such as could be seen by the, by the eye, the naked eye, on the outside of that um, holy room, 
which was pure gold inside. On the outside, it was covered with rams, um, ram skins, ram skins dyed red and badger skins over it. Well, that speaks of flesh, doesn't it? And not really a most beautiful sight to look at either, because all you would see if you were looking at the tabernacle were badger skins, a covering of badger skins. And if you could see underneath that, you'd just see red, the ram skins, dyed red. It speaks to me, at any rate, of the humanity of Christ. He had no beauty that we should desire him. But in him dwelleth all, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And there's so much more as well that speaks of the the house of God as being Jesus, pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the New Testament, in John chapter 2, Jesus said to the Jews, destroy this temple. At the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. But was he talking about the temple in Jerusalem? No, he wasn't. Because John himself explains to us in John chapter 2 that he was talking about his body. Destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. Speaking of his body, the temple. The point is that in order for your hearts not to be troubled and for you to qualify for a place in heaven, a mansion in heaven no less, you need to be rooted in Christ. He needs to be your temple. Ultimately, there is no way in this world that your heart will not be troubled and there is no way that you will get anywhere near to heaven when you die if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ before you die. Don't imagine that there's a a mansion waiting for you if you don't believe in Jesus and I don't imagine you do. It doesn't make sense. But you would have to think what is going on here because God has made himself known and the Lord Jesus Christ is presented to us very clearly in the scriptures, the Son of God, the one who died for sinners at Calvary's cross and who is risen again and who will come again. Jesus must be your refuge, he must be your fortress, he must be your temple, he must be your hiding place, he must be your God in whom you are trusting for the forgiveness of your sins and for eternal life. So if the house of God is a church or a temple and Jesus referred to him as a temple, are you in that temple? You're in, the, you're in this building now, the house of God, but are you in the house of God, the temple, which is Jesus? That's more to the point. We've, we've got people who are unable to be here this morning, Christians, unable to come to this house of God, but they are in the house of God, the temple, whose name is Jesus. They are safe in him, now and forevermore, secure, having received forgiveness for their sins.
Is that promise of a heavenly mansion for you? By the grace of God, may each one of you be comforted by the words of Jesus in this portion of the word of God. Amen.